When I was 38, I started taking violin lessons, not for any particular reason, just because I always wanted to play. And my teacher, the one that I ended up with, was a child in my eyes. She was a wannabe rock star, and I looked at her and said, what does she have to teach me? Plenty, as it turns out. You're listening to Frau Amy's World, episode number six. This podcast presents conversation with and for real-life creatives on how we find and keep walking our unique paths. I'm your host, Amy Halberg. Welcome to my world. Today I'm talking with Jillian Ray, who is a violinist, a vocalist, a songwriter, and oh yes, a rock star. So what have I learned from my friend the rock star? You're about to find out. So this is funny, there's this metronome on my microphone, and I'm talking today with my violin teacher, Jillian Ray. How serendipitous. Ah, it's fabulous. (laughs) And we are are drinking kombucha. Cheersy is my favorite. And we have two flavors here. We have coconut lime and blueberry mint, so we're drinking them out of shot glasses. Yes. Trying it out. I love this so much. Why? So, So what are you thinking? So... I was saying before, like the instant this just hit my mouth, I feel like it transported me to like my cabin in the summertime, like sitting on a lawn chair in the sun, Mm. some like shitty country radio station, like playing, like wafting in from the sauna or something. It just like, it tastes like summer to me Mm. and we freaking need that right now. Right, because we just had a snowstorm. Yeah, I mean, in if for, it's April, April 20th now when we're taping this. I don't know when your listeners are going to hear it, but <laughs> it's still snowing outside. But it's like. Don't what? say it. It is not. It is sunny and not snowing right now. Okay, what is it? 50 degrees, 60 degrees out there? I don't think it's even that, but I hear it's going to get that this mm, weekend. Let me see. I just, I, it's on our phones, so we may as well. Holy shit, it is 51 degrees. It was like 40-something when I walked Ernie this morning. Got it. And so. Ernie is the dog. Ernie is my dog child, yes. He's the baby around here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So I met Jillian, was that, what year was that? Was that, it was, because oh, Barack Obama, it was, Barack Obama was campaigning for presidency. So it was before 2008? So it, was, it was, yeah. No, you know, it must have been in 2008, because if I gauge from when I moved here, I lived in Duluth mm-hmm. from 2007 to 2008. So I moved to Minneapolis in, like, the summer of 2008, or spring, right. maybe. And right. that's when I started teaching right. at the Schmidt Music in Edina, which right. is where I met you. Right, because I had started to go on my midlife creativity crisis, and I started to take violin lessons. And to be what really, a wonderful crisis to have! I know, like, right? Creativity crisis. I hope that I can be so lucky. <laughs> well, my kiddos were playing. I have twin kiddos, and they had these teeny little violins. And I was—they were taking lessons, and they didn't want to practice. So I was like grabbing the violin and playing it myself. And my mother was like, "Would you like one?" And I was like, "Yes." That's awesome. Yeah. So so I took these lessons, and then my teacher quit, and then you showed up, and I'm like, what are you, 12? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I am never going to learn anything from this girl child. And then you... So judgy-wedgy. I know. And then, like, what, a month later, you had, like, put down the deposit on the music lab, the, the your, like, your own music Well, it studio. was more... It was, like, a few years later. Was it? Yeah. Because if we... Because you guys were some of my first students, so we must have met in 2008... And um, I started looking around to open my own music school, like, fall of 2010, and the music lab actually opened in January of 2011. Okay. So, I mean, it was a little bit of, you know, us 
Well, doing the, our lessons okay, at so here's the first moment at which I knew that you and I were actually going to get along just fine. <laughs> you asked me if I was a fan of Mr. Barack Obama, and I said, "Why, well, yes, I was." And you gave me a little, not a gold star, a little blue star on my violin, like where you know where you put the little stars to where you put your fingerings mm-hmm. on, because the fingerings aren't on the violin, right? So you have to put right. all the stickers for us starters, right? So mm-hmm. we know where to put our fingers. And you gave me a blue star for Barack Obama, and I was like, okay, she likes colors, she likes Barack Obama, she likes shiny objects. That's awesome. I don't have a memory of that, but that totally sounds like something I would do. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So. Um, um, yes, and, and my children were like, you're having so much fun that they actually started taking lessons too. So mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah, it did. So, yeah, so you started this music lab, though. I remember this. You, like, you put down, you were, like, looking at properties. Next thing I know, you have a lease, and you're painting the walls. Every mm-hmm. kind of color. Mm-hmm. Like, what, they were, like, Dayglo, no, what colors were they? They were like orange and... I think so. I just have to think of it by room. When you walk into the lab, because it's on the second floor, so you go up like three little flights of stairs, it's kind of like a turquoise blue, mm-hmm. and the waiting room is green, like an awesome like green grass green. Oh, but it's brighter than grass, though. It's like it's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, bright. I love that. I would love to do that same color green in my house right here, but anytime I bring it up to my husband, he like makes this face, like this <laughs> crunchy face. So I don't know. I'll have to petition harder. He's wrinkling his nose for for everybody that he's, can't he's see the face. He's wrinkling his entire face, basically. Okay. He's but, wrinkling everything. Yeah. So I don't know if that's gonna happen here, but I'd love you know. To. By the way, her husband has this massive, ginormous beard. So the fact that you can actually see he's wrinkling everything <laughs> really, really yeah. shows. It's an ex. Large wrinkles. Yes, that is like a very prominent expression. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Yeah, so it's the green. The office is that same color blue. Mm. My studio is purple. There's a red studio. More of like a royal blue Mm -hmm. studio. A yellow, like a mustard yellow, and then an orange. And the reason why we chose all those colors, like number one... um, my business partner, Josie Just, who is one of my, you know, best friends, we met when we were both teaching at the Schmidt, where I met mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just over the course of becoming friends, you know, we both found that in our interviews, when we both started teaching at Schmidt, um, which she had been there longer than I, um, we had both said in the portion of the interview when they asked, like, well, what are your future endeavors? Like, we had both said, I think I'd like to open my own music school someday. Mm. So we always thought that was cool that we both said that because that is kind of a, a hard thing to say when you're applying you're for a job. a job out of music school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm sure, like you said, when you first met me, you thought I looked like I was 12. I think that sometimes... Well, you were, okay, to be clear, you were like, what, 22? You were 20. Was I? You were very early 20s. You were not married. You were very... No, I was were... probably 22 or 23. Yeah, you're right. If yeah. it was 2008. Yeah, you were engaged to your husband but not married, mm-hmm. and you were you were young. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Either I was way, in my though, crisis. I think part of it is I, I have found in my life that I can use that to my advantage because, mm. you know, people, especially, like, just the woman thing, like, in certain professional aspects, like, people look at you with whatever it is your ideas are, whatever, and it's coming from a woman, therefore you know, it's going to be thought of in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when Josie and I actually decided to go for it and like open the music lab, it was kind of one of those things. Nobody saw it coming because 
I think people just thought that was an empty dream that we both had. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, that's, you know, these two super young, naive-looking women. That's You're, and you both, good are, for you, you both have a very sweet air about you. That's, both a, that's you. so adorable. You'd like to open your own music school. It's like, well, we're going to fucking do it. Yeah, you're not very I am woman, hear me roar, except, like, watch it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I don't know. I guess I, I grew up with, um, so my parents divorced when I was young and not that they weren't both still in my life, but I lived with my mom. So, I mean, I kind of grew up in a sort of single mom household situation. And I think just, you know, using her as my role model and inspiration, it's just, if you want to do something, let's just, you know, figure out a way to do it and do it, or you should at least try to do it. Mm. You know, like that's just kind of how I was raised. So which isn't, I think, normal. I think a lot of parents really want their kids to find something safe so they'll be okay. And your mom, mm-hmm. I mean, and I met your mom, Val. She's awesome. Yeah, she's the best for sure. But also I think it does kind of come out of, um, you know, when when you're growing up in a household with both parents... I think that there's a level of autonomy and there's a level of security. Like you said, I I think um, the mindset might be different. Whereas, you know, when I'm growing up in a household with just my mom, who's working her ass off all the time, um, working really hard to just scrape together. Like we were pretty poor too growing up. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how she paid for all my violin lessons and everything all those years. I mean, she just like, she could take a dollar and turn it into five somehow. I'm not sure how. Well, and, okay, to be really, really clear, it's not just violin lessons. I mean, she talks about spending entire weekends going to to, to yeah. things with you. And, like, you were at the White House. Yeah, so, like, my, my violin lessons weren't just, yeah, like, the level of, like, the kids that I teach now, like, what I was doing was, like, that times a thousand. Like, I, I so happened to take from a teacher that had this, like, performance group of her students that she would kind of handpick. Or if you showed interest, it's just you had to, like, be at a certain bar of ability to be in it. Mm -hmm. And this group, um, it was called the Singing Strings, and it wasn't just violin playing. There was violining, there was singing, there was dancing, and there were, like, four costume changes, I want to say. Like, the classical music set, we wore, like, black and white and cummerbunds and bow ties. And then there was, like, a hoedown set where we did fiddle music, and that was, like... You know, I wish I could describe the outfits. It was like these kind of country bumpkin square dancing looking dresses with like the tool underneath. <laughs> they like so adorable. Like when I look back on that, it's like, man, I wish that I had something like that I could offer to my students. But to be perfectly honest, like I don't think I have one student that would be willing to or able to meet the time commitment that that was because we had hour long private lessons. Mm. Every other Saturday, we had group lessons from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and that was mandatory. If you didn't make it to those, you couldn't be in the singing strings. Mm. And, I mean, we worked on theory, ear training, choreography, all the things. Like, we had lunch and snack breaks and stuff, but that was just always what we did. And then when there was a tour, like you mentioned, I played at the White House, like, when we were getting ready to do something like that, Mm -hmm. there would then be extra rehearsals sprinkled in during the week, and none of those were free. I mean, you paid for all of it. Mm. Um, as a student and then also it was just the time it's like you devoted your time and then when you weren't doing those things you were practicing your ass off at home to like learn all this music so I actually brought up the word like as we were sort of saying hello today and we were sort of talking about this podcast and I mentioned the word prodigy 
because you are, in a sense, you are a bit of a ch- and you push back against that. Like I think of you as a prodigy. I also know I know how hard you work, but mm-hmm. you're pushing back against that word. Well, it's just. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, can I call myself a child prodigy? I don't know. I'm definitely, when I think of like prodigies or child prodigies, I think of like Mozart who wrote the piano concerto that we think of as Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. That is so difficult that I can't play it Mm -hmm. um, when he was like five or something. Like I definitely (laughs) am not. Well, okay, but he also, like you, he had some intensive training, let's just say, right? Leopold was was a little busy with his kiddo, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, but, but, you know, there's a lot of people that you could classify as child prodigy or a lot of people whose parents put a lot of effort into getting them to, to the practices and the lessons and etc. and they don't mm-hmm. become professional, you know, athletes or professional musicians, right. right? So what was it that made you think you really were going to make a go of musician, like of a life as a musician, like, like a real honest to goodness, this is your job life? Um, I love this question because like, I truly have no answer of like, what made you think like really what it was was I never thought of anything else like it was just I think part of this prodigy conversation like yes there is a level of natural ability that people have when you know you can be a good musician and I definitely have that like music has always been the one thing that's come easy to me and when I look back I wish I would have practiced more Mm -hmm. like if I would have practiced more when I was younger I would be a lot better than I am now I think but um I feel like with that, like before I started playing the violin, which I was seven when I started, all I was doing was like singing, dancing, like teaching myself piano or banging on any sort of instrument that I could get my hands on. Hmm. And then I started the lessons, started the things, started performing then a year later. Yeah. Um, that's just what I always wrap my life around and it's just what I always did. And then I, you know, joined orchestras and... You know, I I basically did anything that music revolved around. So then when it came time, like, you know, you're at the end of your high school days and you're trying to figure out what to do, I just never really gave a thought to doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I had this light bulb moment like, ooh, this is my thought process and how I'm going to give it a go at being a musician. It's just like, well, this is like what I am and what I do. And it's almost like... As I get older, I realize, like, I don't know if I chose to be a musician. I think it chose me. But do you know how many people have that calling that don't listen? You know, they do the responsible thing, right? Totally. And I think that does go back to, like, the support system thing. Like, if I had a different mother or a different household or, you know, parent situation, just a different sort of support system, sure, I'm sure that I may have had some of those same struggles Or, you know, like, ooh, maybe I should do this safe thing. But honestly, like, I'm not a parent, but I work with kids, and I have a lot of young people in my life that I love and care about. Yes, you kick my children's ass when I'm not able to. (laughs) I I, love it. I love your kids. I know, and they're like, oh, thank you. Please tell me what to do. And I'm like, I love you, (laughs) Julie. But But. I feel feel like, in a way, I can't can't relate and say 100% just because I'm not a mother. Right. But I, I have to think that if I had a child in my life that I saw, like, just was absolutely happy and love and passionate about a certain thing that I wouldn't be like, yeah, go for it, do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just... Well, and I think you have infused that into your um, 
what you've done at the music lab, right? Because here we need to try this blueberry mint kombucha. Yes, here, open that up. Yeah, we do. So, um, so one of the first things you did was you had my kiddos gigging at a coffee shop. Mm, I heard, oh, was that way back when? And like, it was. It the was. Hopkins one. Yep, you had them showing up at a coffee shop, playing music at a coffee shop. You had those kids. What was it? The Minnesota Music Cafe. Oh, yep. That was the first big, like, Oh, no, no. Share the love, dear. I didn't know if you were done or not. Oh, no. These glasses are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're they're sort of what an amber sort of colored glass. Eric always makes fun of me and calls them candle holders. I love all my vintage hodgepodge shit around here, including Mm. these shot glasses. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the school teacher in me wants to tell you don't swear on the the part of me. Oh, is that not? No, it's totally cool. It's just it cracks me up because, like, in my new life, you can say what you want. It's kind of fun. Mm. So in your life as a teacher, you were like, yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a concert at the Minnesota Music Cafe, and these kids are just gonna. So you don't do. I mean, I've been at recitals with you too. It's not that you haven't done recitals, mm-hmm. but you've really done these things where you're like, yeah, let's just go out and we're gonna perform at the Minnesota Music Cafe because that's where musicians perform, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. I've I've done street gigs with you. Like I've shown up and my kiddos are playing street gigs with you, right? But I think it's just all aspects of it. I like to listen to it. I like to play it. I like to perform it. I like to write it. I like to just, like, fuck around on instruments that I don't really know how to play. Mm. Um, well, and now, like, okay, in my lessons, and to be really, really clear, disclaimer, I took, like, what, eight years of lessons or something like that. You took quite a few. I mean, you took a few breaks here and there, right? But, like, for the most part. Yeah, so I was very, very um, full disclosure from the beginning that I was not going to practice. Yeah. ever, and that these were lessons <laughs> as therapy, and I got by with that because I've, I've done enough singing, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I've actually used you as an example without using your name to so many other students, like adult students. That you were actually a fesh- like more my life coach than my... <laughs> well, just, you know, because a- as a grown-up, like, number one, we overthink on levels that we just didn't when we were kids. Like, right. we just didn't have the ability to. Right. So we have that working against us, but also we have to do adult shit. It's like we have to work and pay bills, and we have to juggle things that kids don't have to juggle. So it's just a totally different ball game when, you know, an adult is taking lessons regularly. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes, if not 100% of the time, I'll go through this with any of my adult students like oh, I just I didn't practice much this week I feel so guilty about it or you know like we always make the excuses like man I thought I was gonna have time but then I had this going on with the kids and it's like you know what like give you yourself credit give yourself credit but also examine like why are you taking violin lessons are you trying to are you quitting your job and becoming a professional violinist right most often no are you doing this for self-fulfillment for enjoyment like music helps people on so many different levels in their lives it can be a therapeutic thing like you said a Mm -hmm. just a fun hobby Mm -hmm. it can be definite stress relief like for you it was I had never taken violin and it's something I always wanted to do right then you get the flip side where it's like man I played violin in high school and it's been years and I want to pick it up again and see if I can still do it those are all great reasons to do it and they should also come with zero stress Thanks for visiting Frau Amy's World. Today's episode featured Jillian Ray. If you enjoyed yourself, please subscribe to this podcast below where you can also find links. You can offer a comment so people can find us and I do welcome tips. Please and thank you for your support of my work. You can learn more about me at CourageousWordsmith.com. I'm Amy Hallberg, and until we meet again, travel safely.